Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 151. John and Wendy talk to Kirsten Greggs. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you tonight, John? Wendy, I'm well, and I'm excited to say that this episode is being sponsored by the Bowling Green State University Graduate Programs in Organization Development and Change. Easy for you to say. Easy for me to say. <laughs> we are thrilled to be working with them for the entire month. If you're listening to this episode as it comes out earlier in the week, we will have released the episode with Dr. Steve Cady and Tom Daniels from BGSU. Hope you'll give that a listen and learn more about that program because they got us fired up, didn't they, Wendy, when we talked to them? They did. They did. It sounds like a fantastic program. Uh, Yeah, I was ready to sign up. And if I didn't have to go to Bowling Green for some of the classes... I probably would have would looked into it a little bit more. <laughs> That's just a bit of a commute, even just four times a year. Absolutely. We wanted to talk briefly about the start of the year. As we record this, we just wrapped up the first chat of the year, as well as our first video. I'm going to call them video panels. I don't know. Yeah. Wendy, do you have, what do you, I don't know what you want to call them, but um, that's kind of what I've been calling them. We need okay. a happy name for them, but video panel works. Video panels until we think of something better. Uh-huh. I was blown away, Wendy, at the response for yeah. both events, particularly the chat. It, yeah. it, you know, we've been doing it for so long. You just never know, though. It's the first <laughs> one of the year. And you get a lot of people. I think it's a good way to get them engaged and excited about what's going on. And the video, it was a great topic on emergency preparedness. We we're talking about this, though, now to get the word out. Yeah, We are looking for you all, listeners, people that are part of this community. We would love for you to give us any input. If you yeah. have ideas on subjects, topics that you'd like mm-hmm. to do. If you'd like to be a panelist on one of these video sessions, yeah. let us know. We want to be talking about what you want to be talking about. And trust me, I don't have a face for video, so we got to make it <laughs> worth doing. And I appreciate nobody talks about my COVID beard in it either. We want to do more. We think people want more. So we just need to know what you guys want to hear us talk about or what you want to chat about during the chats. We're throwing it out there once again. We'll ask throughout the year. The other thing I wanted to talk briefly about, Wendy, we are always getting comments and commentary after the fact. Oh, I didn't know what was going on. I missed it. And I hate that that happens. We are just two people that do this on our own. (laughs) We can't communicate to all of you all the time, every day, 24-7. One thing, though, that you can do, if you have not, is get signed up for the newsletter. Wendy, let people know how to do that. What, where do they need to go? What do they need to do to get signed up for that newsletter? If you go to my blog, mydailyjourney.com, it will pop up and ask you to sign up. So that is the easiest way to get signed up for the newsletter. Uh, try to send it out once or twice a month, just kind of depending on how busy we are. You know, if we're doing a lot of traveling, it might be more often, but who knows what 2021 is going to bring. That is the best way where I will put events, chats, our video panel discussions, um, upcoming podcasts, past podcasts as well. So there's a list of past podcasts on the newsletter. So if you've missed one and you're not quite sure, you know, when it happened, you don't want to page through Podbean trying to find it, um, you will see it that on the newsletter as well. So try to keep it fairly short, not a lot of content, but links to other content there. So sign up for the newsletter and you will get your at least once a month reminder to at least put it on your calendar. Sign up. If you're on Twitter, be following the HR social hour handle. Yep. We do share a lot of content there too. We wish that we had, I, I, we talked about before we looked at an app. It is not just in the cards for beautiful. us anytime soon. That's okay. <laughs> you never know. But for the time being, 
sign up for the newsletter. Yeah. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and we'll keep spreading the word that way. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Wendy, I feel like every time that I have to go in and put in subjects or topics for the podcast, you know, HR, leadership, when people are searching for topics, or an episode like tonight, I want to have Richmond as a topic <laughs> choice because yet again, yes. we have another person with Richmond ties to the show, on the show. Love it. It's like this whole subset of people that have been on the podcast or associated with the podcast or have some type of tie to Richmond. I'm really excited that we were able to get together with Kirsten. I'm going to let you make the introduction. Let's get started. Yes. So, so excited to welcome Kristen to the show tonight. She is talent acquisition consultant and career coach. In 2017, she founded Trap Recruiter LLC to do her part to bring trust, relationship building, accountability, and a proactive approach back into the recruiting life cycle. She engages with a broader audience via her blog, as a guest speaker, as a guest on various podcasts, facilitating workshops and training, and as creator of the hashtag Recruiter Problems meme series, which is awesome. If you are in talent acquisition, you need to follow that hashtag. Trust me. Kirsten, so happy to have you on the actual HR Social Hour show. You've been on a video panel. You've been on Wonder Women. Full circle here now. Hooray! Woo! So we start every show the same way with what's in your glass. So I am using my... Keep calm and fight on breast cancer glass. And I do not have an adult beverage in here tonight because <laughs> I got tied up in this clubhouse room last night. I'm not even, <laughs> and I drank an entire bottle of wine. Oh my. I'm dry tonight, but I'm drinking <laughs> elder, elderflower sparkling lemonade because it's very fancy and if you're going to use a wine glass you have to put fancy drink in it so that's you what do. I'm drinking. And that sounds like a good a good drink and I don't think I keep hearing about Clubhouse I'm not quite ready to go down that road. <laughs> well I have three additional invitations. Oh, okay. uh, they come up about the more you talk and the more that you uh, show up, you get additional invites. So I do have three invites if you're if you're interested. I'm afraid of the bottles of wine. Is that part of the deal right? to be part of it? Is it? <laughs> no, I just was just very amped up and <laughs> I had poured one bottle. And again, I got trapped in this room and I couldn't. There was no good place to like, there's this feature where you leave it's, and it's like, leave quietly. And I was like, I'm not leaving quietly. <laughs> <laughs> like they're going to, oh, I'm like, they're going to put me out or we're going to resolve this. <laughs> oh, oh my. <laughs> so the, the wine was just like, just keep, yeah. I, I need another one to get through this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love it. Enough about Clubhouse. Yes. Kirsten, how in the world did you get your start in talent acquisition and HR? By mistake. That's the answer. Every talent acquisition person that that has been in TA for as long as I have, for as long as Wendy has, for as long as you have. Like we did not pick talent acquisition. Talent acquisition <laughs> picked us, you know? <laughs> Monster had just gotten popular. I was angry at my current employer. 
So I put my resume on this monster thing. And it was a staffing company that had just, you know, was get, just getting ramped up. And during this time, it was pre-Y2K, like right before Y2K. So there were so many ISPs, you know, telephony companies, you know, AOL was one of our biggest clients. And there was just so much work to do. They offered me this job as a technical recruiter. And I promise you, I didn't even know what a technical recruiter was. <laughs> and they're like, don't worry about it. We'll teach you. You have the right personality. You can do this. I ramped up uh, very quickly. And, you know, I really do think that I'm going to go back to childhood. So maybe this is going to be my new story, how I started, how I became good at being, you know, doing the calling and all of that. In high school, I used to work at a place called ICR. Shout out to everybody in South Jersey who did a bid at ICR. And we did re telephone surveys, like not where you get paid to complete one, but your job is to sit for me 15 hours a week, every other weekend and call people and beg them during their dinner time to answer questions about market research. I was very good at that. <laughs> so that might be, I, I have a convincing voice maybe um, when I put on my recruiter voice or when I put on my survey <laughs> voice. So people want to hear, want to talk to Kirsten. They want to know what's going on. So I got into TA. You have that kind of voice we just want to keep talking to. Tell us about Trap Recruiter and what led you to open your own shop and how you came up with the name Trap. Again, by mistake. I got laid off in 2016. It was not a shock, but it was. So I was thinking, you know, what am I going to do? I had so many friends at that point that had started their own recruiting companies, and I did not want to do that. I did not want to be a third-party recruiter. I didn't want to run a recruiting company because at that point, I had been out of the full life cycle recruiter role or probably five or six years, I was managing TA ops while I was still filling positions intermittently and doing a lot of project work. I really enjoyed, you know, being able to do all of the things in TA and not just pick, you know, do the calling, fill the role, rinse, wash, repeat. I did some contract work and then I was going to, that was when podcasts were really, really, really popular. So Chris Fields, rest in peace, homie, told me to do a podcast, told me to do a blog. And I'm like, okay, I was already blogging with PIC. Uh, I did not really want to do my own thing, but I was like, well, if I am, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do what I want. And he's like, well, what are you going to call it? And I'm like, I'm going to do a blog and a podcast, and it's going to be called Confessions of a Black Recruiter. He's like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, whatever, Chris. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, I went full on Maury guest, you know, like, you don't know me. <laughs> like, I'm going to do what I want. The more that I started to like map out and outline the, the topics I was going to talk about and the experiences I was going to share, you know, these revelations, these confessions, I said, what I'm talking about as a recruiter in this vein because I wasn't going to be as open, you know, and drag HR and drag TA through the mud. 
I was like, that's no different than every other black person, especially black woman professional in any role. I didn't know what to do. Fast forward a few months later, I was doing one of those Facebook tests. One of the questions was, if I was famous, what would I be known for? And my friend responded, trap recruiting. And that was because I love trap. I have a shirt that says I love God and trap music. I thought about that and I was like, that could be a thing. So he and I sat down again and we mapped it out. And I was like, trap should be an acronym. I was like, I could do something with this. And I thought back to this blog post that I had written for PIC that was like, like it was kind of Jurassic Park themed. And it was like return of the full life cycle recruiter. So I really based trap recruiters methodology and trap recruiter, the acronym on what a full life cycle recruiter was when I started 20, now 21 years ago. I like how you, you took that and, and turned it into something and, and talking about that full life cycle, because even a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that do that day-to-day, even corporate recruiting, they don't think about the full life cycle of it. They think about their one piece of it or this one little bitty piece, but thinking about that whole, the whole part of it. So I love that. Uh, I like it a lot. <laughs> Might be accidental, but. We had to full life. We didn't have sorcerers when we right. started. We were everything. We were the, right. we were the TA coordinator. We were the recruiter and we were the orient. We gave orientation. We gave you your benefits. We got I your I certified. <laughs> I I used to drive people to their interviews and all that. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think is going to be the big issue for talent acquisition this year? I think the issue is going to be a good one, meaning I think there's going to be a great deal of opportunity for TA professionals to really step up and be everything that we've been restricted from being. I think we will be able to come into our full capabilities. While there's a lot of unemployment, there's still a lot of jobs that are open. There's still a lot of companies still trying to figure out how to have hybrid work models. Uh, There's still a lot of work outside of blue collar work or what we call high volume recruiting, the repetitive work, working, you know, for certain companies doing things, deliveries or packaging and that type of stuff. Even healthcare, you know, like all of those things like technician work, a lot of work that's not going to require a college degree anymore, because that's where I've primarily been is in the white collar jobs that require certain level of education or, you know, certification, some additional schooling, that kind of thing. And I think we're going to relax on those things. And I think recruiters are going to go back to being a little bit more creative, a little bit more strategic. I think we're going to pay attention a little bit more because there are so many more people who are looking for jobs. We're not going to do those weird data management techniques where we're like, oh, I'm only looking at the first 10 because eight of them actually are qualified. No, we really have to go and find people now. Like we really have to weed through because that diamond in the rough, what I call the badass C, that badass C might be somewhere down in the 200s. Unfortunately, you know, we've got folks that are applying to jobs, like I said, especially the high volumes ones, like hundreds at a time. How do we teach that skill? I think the three of us can agree that talent acquisition recruiting 
at least from a corporate perspective, in many places, it's all, here's the system, and this is what you do. Nobody knows about a cold phone's an unhappy phone. The phone is your friend. I still have to get over the fact that people want to text everything and not get on, be on the phone. Some. I, yeah. I get, you know, some. And I recognize that's just generational, what have you. How do we get those folks that don't have that experience? How do we get them there? We show them. <laughs> we do. We show them. I like to describe recruiting like I, I've heard people and I've actually read peer reviewed articles and, you know, articles that said that recruiting is linear. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're, you've never been a recruiter because <laughs> I describe recruiting from beginning to end. I like it shoots and ladders. You know, if you played that game <laughs> when you were a kid, I'm like, you get all the way to the top, baby. One bad roll of the dice, <laughs> you go right back down. <laughs> hit the I step, love that. Hit the slide, like hit the slide. I do this, you know, and what you guys are doing too, you know, talking about things. People are listening. People are listening. People are looking and seeking for seeking information. And if everyone keeps all of their knowledge inside, you know, and like doesn't share and doesn't mentor both up and down, doesn't want to learn from from younger people because, you know, I'm not the most technically savvy and not because I'm not, I'm incapable, like it's more so because I'm older now and I don't want to learn a new thing. I don't want another application. You know, I don't want to be on 87,000 Slack channels. I'm sorry. I don't want to do that all day. Like I could literally do that all day. There has to be some sharing and some, okay, I'll do some of this and some of that. And I will work with people the way that makes them most comfortable. And like I said, some of it is the, the types of jobs that you're recruiting for. When I was in high tech, you know, uh, recruiting cybersecurity folks, you know, a lot of them were, were highly cleared even. Uh, and even now I, I work with highly cleared people. I'm not text messaging them in the you know, in the middle of the day. That's not the way that we are communicating because number one, they don't have their phones with them in the secure facilities. I am waiting to talk to them on the phone. I'm not harassing them, you know, over and over and over again. And that works for them. That's the way that they choose to communicate. Then there are other people who do want me to text message them really quickly. You know, they don't even want to get an email. They want me to text message them. I'll do that. I'll do that for you. And then there's folks who want to talk on the phone. Of course, I'll do that too. But as a recruiter, uh, like I even know people who, who have chosen what, you know, that sourcing role because they're like, I don't want to talk to people. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to go and I just want to search and I just want to give you the resumes and then you do all of that. If you're that person that doesn't want to talk to people, then maybe you'd be great at data mining. You know, maybe you'd be great at, you know, creating those you know, those talent pipelines, as we call them, you know, maybe you're the one that wants to do the marketing side. Maybe you're the one that likes data, that, that likes data and wants to do metrics. There's a lot of different things that folks can do inside of TA. And I feel like you should do what's best for you and what best suits you. There's a good amount of, of ways that you can use your gifts and your talents and do things that make you happy. You know, you don't have to force people to talk to folks. That's the worst thing. When I'm in a bad mood, I don't call people that day. <laughs> I don't want, no, I mean, what do I look right. like? Do you want this job or no? Like, bye. Right. <laughs> I'm not doing this with you. So, yeah, when I have an attitude. So you're gonna do all the, we're going to do texting today. <laughs> no, no, I'm like, I'm like, listen, I'm below the line today. I allow someone to get my goat, as Shally uh, says, you know, someone has my goat. 
So I'm going to have to get with you tomorrow when I've retrieved it. I think that makes sense. You know, I think that's one of one of the things that I do love about being in talent acquisition is there are options to find your place and still be a part of, of talent acquisition. I, I know my organization, I, I work for a large organization, so we have lots of options for people to find that. But sometimes you, you know, I tell my girls, you know, you don't always get to do what you want to do. So sometimes you have to make that choice and, and power through. And then when you go back above line, you can feel better about it. Kirsten, you are adding more to your repertoire. You did some video, live videos, which was so much fun. Your 12 days of recruiting in December was a blast. And now you are officially starting a podcast. Yes, I so did. So excited. I know you talked a little bit earlier about Chris Fields encouraging you to start a podcast and get into that. But so what, what's kind of been the catalyst now? this point in time to kind of put out that the video and audio uh, mediums for yourself. I'm going to sound like a total flake. 12 days of Christmas was not my idea. It was Rich's idea, Rich Reisner, who's who's the staffing shark. Cause we, we were doing trap chat with the shark every Thursday, which is also a live show. So every Thursday, you know, every Thursday morning, we would just have someone on, we talked to them for 20, 30 minutes and then we'd go (laughs) up to the next show. And I was like, Oh, I didn't do this. And that was a, you know, that was outside of my comfort zone because I don't like to be on camera. But at the end of the day, I trade it off. So I'm like, I don't like to be the one that's talking. I do like to be the one that's giving, that's asking the questions and letting someone else share and feeding off of their energy. So, so that worked for me, especially because Rich is like weird. He's very, very animated, very excitable. Uh, so it worked. Uh, so when he said, let's do 12 days of Christmas, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then we started to like do it. I was like, what have we done? Like, it was, that's a lot. Like that is a lot. Being on every single day was not easy. I had already taped my podcast episodes. I just hadn't released the first group of them because they needed to be edited by an audio person and I was procrastinating and thankfully, you know, COVID at the end of the year, I took time. Like I made a, I made a deadline. I said, no, we're stopping here. I'm not working past this date and I'm going to close out my year and reclaim the time that I was given. I went ahead and did what I uh, promised Chris I would do. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Bowling Green State University is proud to sponsor the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. If 2020 taught us anything, it's the importance of being agile and open to change. Bowling Green State University is a world leader in providing graduate education to working professionals in organization development and change. In 2019, BGSU launched one of the only professional doctorate programs in the country in organization development and change. Both the master's and doctorate programs are designed for working professionals and blend the convenience of virtual learning with regularly scheduled in-person weekends a few times a year. The BGSU graduate programs in organization development and change provide students with practical skills and help them grow from a subject matter expert to a sought-after thought leader. To learn more about the master's and doctorate programs in organization development and change at Bowling Green State University, visit bgsu.edu slash mod. And we are back. 
It is now time, Kirsten, for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half-hour question connection. And we have a bunch of new questions. We have switched up the question connection, and you're the first. So kicking it off with what career did you dream of having when you were a child? I wanted to be Claire Huxtable. I wanted to be an attorney. It's just right out there with Claire. I love it. Yeah, no, no. I didn't want to be an attorney. I wanted to be Claire Huxtable. Yeah. Who just happened to be an attorney. So, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Love it. I think that is the first time that anybody's named a person. <laughs> yeah. That's who they wanted to be when they grew up. It's like, who would like to be when you grow up? Imaginary. Fictional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be fictional. <laughs> Kirsten, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? That's hard. There's so many people. I'm going to say uh, my friend Daryl Graves. He's a DNI leader at he is the excuse me the DNI leader at Dialpad. Uh, he's someone that a lot of folks don't know because he's not in you know the HR mix the way that a lot of our contemporaries are. So Kirsten, how do you maintain balance in your life? I don't. <laughs> I'm an entire freak show most days. How do you enjoy giving back to the HRTA community? With my tips, any time that I, uh, I'm, I've been doing, I have been doing a lot more writing. I'm blogging for other people outside of myself and my own personal blog. So anytime that I can interview someone, amplify their voice, have them on track chat with the shark or have them on my podcast, um, you know, for a future guest, uh, I'm going to do that. That's the way I like to give back. And then connecting people. And, and I've always done this. It's probably my favorite part about being a recruiter and using that skill outside of just filling jobs is connecting people to other people who they can build with. Kirsten, what's your favorite movie? I don't think I have a favorite movie. I have movies that I watch. I know I suck at the, like, I am the worst. <laughs> I, <laughs> I told you I'm the worst. I have a lot of movies that I'll watch over and over again. Like, I'm a nerd. I love Annie, <laughs> like the original oh. one. <laughs> so I did watch Annie over the break about four times. And not only did I watch the real one, you know, with Carol Burnett, but then I watched all of the remakes uh, after that as well. So, oh, wow. yeah. yeah of, the Annie, of the Annie versions? The original is my favorite. The original is yeah, yeah. yeah, bar none. The original is my favorite. So that's my favorite movie today, right now. And I love Harry Potter. I'll, I'll watch Harry Potter every one. I probably can recite every line. What was the first concert you attended? I think outside of like a gospel concert, probably the Victory Tour. My parents and my aunts and uncles took all of us. I was probably one of the younger ones of the cousins groups. But yeah, I think the Victory Tour was the first major arena like concert I went to and it was awesome. And if any and for the younger people that's Michael J. Yeah. Michael yeah, I, was say, <laughs> I, I forget that they like they that doesn't compute. What was the last show that you binge watched? It was Different World. Not the first season because I didn't like that one. So I only started at <laughs> I started at season two and went on. It's on Hulu. I'm getting my, like my, even my streaming services are blurring together now. I don't right. know which one I'm on at any given time. Well, you know, it's Hulu if there's a commercial break. Oh, 
So maybe it wasn't. That's how I differentiate between Netflix and Hulu anyway. Ah, that's smart. There's a break in the in the Hulu. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu, but yeah, it was it was different world. I'm gonna have to check that out. I think it's great that you wanted to be Claire Huxtable when you were a kid <laughs> and you just binge watch for those of you that don't know, a different world was a spinoff of the yes. Cosby show. Yes. Now I don't know. Lisa Bonet hung around for what one season. That's why I say I don't like the. I didn't yeah. like the first season. <laughs> was she just in the first season? Yeah, he was on the episode when Dwayne and Whitley had gone back to New York. Remember, Whitley's father was getting married, and Dwayne stopped by the house to see Denise when he then she, he found out that she was married to Martin because yeah. His, oh right, because yeah. she, so she was on that. She was on that one episode. Don't remember that because I <laughs> watched that show in here. I enjoyed it when it was on, but I think well, I used to watch it on USA in the mornings, like when it. Oh, it comes. Oh, sure. Like a way, like, way back when they showed like Wings and a different world, and oh man, Wings was a good show. Wings is on Hulu too. Yes, Wings is on Hulu. Yeah. Okay. So there's your next show. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, where is, does anyone know where Designing Women is? I love Designing Women. It was on Hulu for a while. I haven't looked. I don't know if it's still there or not. My mom, I think it's last year, mom was here for a couple of days. And so we watched a couple of episodes of Designing Women and like the first two episodes. I'm like, wow, I forgot uh, how much of a feminist Dixie Carter or that's whatever her character Julia Sugarbaker. Julia, Julia was. I mean, she was just a spitfire back then. And I'm like, man, I forgot. Yes. Kirsten, what's a hobby or thing you like to do that may surprise people? I don't know if it'll be a surprise, but I love jigsaw puzzles and logic puzzles. Like I sit and do three or four logic puzzles a night. Oh, wow. They know me at the bookstore because that's the only place they sell the ones I like. So I'm like, point me to the new penny press. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kirsten, finally, our last question is we're going to have you do some work for us. Okay. If you could ask our next guest any question, what would that be? Wow. I'm going to get serious now. Okay. To what extent do you believe HR should be involved in politics inside of the organization? That's a deep question there. And I don't have to answer it because I'm not a guest. (laughs) No, I like that question. I like it a lot. Kirsten, so much appreciate you being part of our community. It's funny, you've done all the other shows except this one. (laughs) I'm glad that we were finally able to connect. Another Richmond person. I always love that. Go Spiders. (laughs) Go Rams. You went to VCU? I did. My husband taught there. I did not know that. Yeah. My wife went to VCU. <laughs> wow. I love Small it. World. For those that aren't connected with you now, what's the best way for them to reach you out there? At Trap Recruiter on all social channels. LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Trap Recruiter. And where would they find the podcast? Anchor. And then it's on a lot of other channels. But if you go to my, you can even go to my website, www.traprecruiter.com and link it there. We'll have that in the show notes. And Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there. Uh, Best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily days and dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? 
Once again, I want to thank the Bowling Green State University Graduate Programs and Organization Development and Change for sponsoring this episode. If you haven't checked out our show with them, go back and listen to that after you've listened to this show. For me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share, boost our signal. Everything you do, folks, always helps, and we always appreciate it. (laughs) International listeners, we're looking for you. We want to talk to you. Help us to continue to build that community outside of the U.S., which we truly appreciate all of you that take part. Uh, Kirsten, again, appreciate being with us. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.